Number nine. Number nine. The following takes place between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. I mean, we're talking right now, buddy. Well, Austin, I have only one thing to say to you. Well, David, what is it? Just one word, like Madonna. Because that's right, Belichick is apparently a Madonna fan, which had him jump up at least 75 places in my rankings of favorite Just one characters. word, Madonna. Uh, well, he said just one word, like Madonna. Yeah, I, just, just be grateful he didn't uh, say share or... Nene from basketball or Pele I mean, from soccer. Soccer's a Prince. thing, right? Prince. Soccer. Soccer's a thing. Uh, he could have said Prince. Is that you know? is that legally I mean, his name or is it like? I believe Prince uh, was named Prince, and I don't know his surname. Then he changed his name to a symbol, and then he changed it back to Prince. So it's no longer. Okay. Interesting. Right. Ne- nevertheless, Twenty Four, a show that does not make a lot of references uh, ever. Uh, decided to make a reference and it be a Madonna reference, and that made me incredibly happy. Completing my life, making my Twitter handle make all the more sense, and just tributing Madonna and making me all gleeful. Well, your life is not complete. There's still three more episodes in this season of there, there are 24 Live Another Day, of which we are podcasting about right now. So that means we're podcasting about episode 9. Oh my god, this is... This is supposed to be nearing the halfway point, not the end. This is this is making me go nuts. It's not supposed to be over this soon. Well, it's not, but again, I, I, I still prefer to look at it as, you know, we have three more bonus episodes left, episodes uh, yeah, we never expected to true. get. I know, but I get spoiled. We did. We got spoiled. Uh, and look, there's still time for Belichick to take... Uh, president heller to a madonna concert oh that's right because he's alive there's still three hours there right because he's alive there's still three hours to go heller also smiled at the invocation of madonna's name okay and we're not i'm gonna try not to spend this entire podcast talking about madonna or likening 24 aspects if you want to go ahead and do that that it makes my job easier i'll just sit here i'll 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 throw it i'll make sure to throw in a few should they should they come up organically okay. uh, so organic or not what did you think about this episode <sighs> all right so uh, that that groan is for, for very specific things uh this is not like i think it was episode three or four one of those two where i was slightly underwhelmed you didn't like three uh, you liked four a okay lot. so the three three was when i was a little underwhelmed i wasn't underwhelmed by this i was certainly disappointed by certain decisions they made but but for sure, this was definitely a a, a thrilling episode, uh, one to keep yourself glued to the TV, whether or not you're li- you liked what was happening, uh, and you know I, ser- I think both of us had the same thought on it was very up and down, not from an, not from a you know oh, I'm interested in this perspective at least for my purposes, but more from a whether or not I liked what was happening, and um, I, I, I'm not a fan of the zombie Heller thing. Uh, you know, the, never mind the fact <laughs> that uh, this makes what we said in the previous podcast totally wrong. I don't care about that. Um, no, that's fine. I'm yeah, always happy to be wrong, yeah. especially if I like what I see and if the show pulls a yeah. fast one on me. And I, I mean, I'll give 24 credit. They pulled a fast one on me. Sure. Um, but I mean, I think the the word that you used and and that I like so I'm going to steal it and use it first uh on the air is the the concept that his lack of death undermines a lot not all but a lot of what we saw in the previous episode and from my standpoint it kind of it it doesn't really re- it can't really retroactively do it but it kind of sucks out all the emotion from uh, a possible second viewing of this um it's it's Close. You mean a second viewing of nine eight or nine nine? Um, nine nine. Uh, nine eight. I meant sorry. Nine, um, yeah. Well, I, I feel like I was gonna get to that in a little bit, but yeah, keep yeah, going. And I'm not gonna get to that yet, but I mean, it's similar to how to the potentially unpopular view that I take with season five and seven, in that you know, Zombie Tony sucks for me, sucked all the life out of you know the the moment of his supposed death in Jack's arms. Um, and Naldo 7 really paid off everything that happened and made it worth it. It still doesn't change the fact that, you know, when I think about uh, Tony 
clinically dying in Jack's arms and or rewatched that episode, I feel just a sense of like, yep, yep, this is kind of empty. And it, it you know, it made me it, it made me feel almost as if like Wait, so you're telling me I wasted all of my emotional energy on something that didn't even happen? You know, that's the silliest thing to really complain about, but that's how I felt when I saw it. You know, it, when when they started talking about the video feed being like, wait, I think it was Ian who said it. He was like, I, I noticed something wrong with this video feed. Um, and he kept on playing it back, and you saw, you know, the loop of Heller's, you know, reaction. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. This is not happening. Are you serious? This is not happening. Which is really funny because this is not happening was the reaction that Melanie had to Heller actually dying. <laughs> so um, let's make it clear. I, I'm not – I wasn't happy that Heller was dead. Or, no, but, you, but, but you, you felt that this episode – It was powerful. Changed the way you looked. Right. Okay. I mean it's, it's certainly a viable uh, opinion. And this sucks and away the power. It sucks away the, the, the kind of powerful nature of that entire episode and the things that it was saying with – you know, the idea that an American president was sacrificing himself not only for his own people but for someone of the country's people and the way that he was doing it and just, you know, all the things that, you know, we basically said in the last episode of this podcast is, you know, um, what about you? <laughs> you know, again, you uh, – I, this was one of the most up-and-down episodes of 24 I ever I, – I can recall watching. I felt that my uh, – feelings of, about this episode were changing by the act break. Mm. I was underwhelmed by the first act, all in, way in by the second act. The third act had some, some issues for me. The fourth act was terrific. The fifth act had some issues for me again. So I was I was really going up and down. Uh, I had some issues with, with the Hella reveal as well. Uh, I thought that there were a lot of things this episode did right, and the highs were really high, and I think we'll get to those highs as we, as we discuss this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the other stuff kind of made me took me aback a little bit. Mm. They uh, you know they made me skeptical. They didn't roll my eyes, but they made me say, "Hmm, we'll see how and if the show can pull this off." Right. And if they can, great. If they can't, okay. Well, then I'll, then I'll complain about it. Then. Uh, you know, and I, I guess I expected something of a, an episode that didn't, doesn't match, didn't match the quality, wouldn't match the quality of the previous episode where Heller sacrificed himself, but. Or tried to. <laughs> As tried it to, were. Did. I mean, so I, again, I had some, I had some issues with this one. Uh, um, yeah, and, and that's it. And I think it's hard for me to, that's my general sense of this episode. I was up and down on it. I like certain things about it a lot. Yep. Other other things I took issue with, and you know, I just think it makes sense to go into uh, what some of these issues might be. Yeah, um, I think the one that you, um, I think the one that you had uh, expressed a, a lot of concern about, um, and, and I'm just I'm not actually starting topics here. I'm just running down just to jog my memory. The whole you know, Navarro storyline and the potential involvement with Cross, um, who has resurfaced again and is starting to do some stuff. Um, the kind of, you know, underwhelming uh, nature of the first act. Um, you know what? One of the things about that first act that just kind of sealed the deal on the whole, like, yeah, this is under, A, this is undermining, and B, this, is, this just sucks all the life out of, you know, what I put my emotional investment in before, is like, you know, the, I guess the happy reactions when he finally shows back up and it's like, how do you, how do you strongly convey the sense of reversal and the sense of relief and happiness um, of a situation like that and, and really drive it home to the audience how like, let's put it this way. When Audrey said, I thought I had lost you and then she hugs Heller, I was kind of like, that kind of seems like she hasn't seen her dad in about a year and she's just happy to see him again. Um, well, I mean, and, and and you know, maybe I think that's an unfair assessment by you. I don't think so because, uh, like, it's that type of emotion needs to really exude itself off the screen, and I I just didn't get that from from that entire scene. It was all smiles and just it it didn't seem it just did not seem like it 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 lived up to the gravity of the moment. And maybe this is carryover from the fact that it took away from the gravity of the previous moment at the end of the last episode. I think that's your issue, and again, if that's your issue, that's that's fine. And if your issue is that Heller is alive, and you don't, you didn't like that twist or reveal, and 
that you you know you ended up imposing the issue on say the scene with Audrey and Heller. I understand that, um, which I think is as good of a reason as any to start talking about uh, Heller. So big twist number one of this episode is President Heller, who did not receive a silent clock last week. Um, the reason he did not receive a silent clock last week is because he was alive. So, for, for, so first question for you, okay? Were you surprised by this or not? Uh, I was, uh, but I, you know, I'll say, I'll say one: uh, the surprise and shock come for the wrong reasons. Uh, meaning, I didn't think this was the right thing to do, and I didn't think they'd do the wrong thing, but they did it, so that surprised me. And the second one was. Uh, I wasn't super, super shocked or surprised. I, I was, but not as much as I uh, probably could have been just because, you know, we were joking about, you know, oh, there's, you know, uh, uh, what if he, like, was hiding underground or something silly like that last time. And, you know, you always have that, that type of stuff running in the back of your head. Well, I do at least. Um, but, yeah, the bigger issue was just the fact that it was surprising for the wrong reasons. Um, I didn't take a moment to scan the room to see other people's reactions. Were you uh, shocked as well? I, I wasn't. I wasn't scanning the, the reactions uh, at all. I, I can tell you that I was. Uh, I was fairly shocked by this. I think it was certainly a twist that they set up and orchestrated well. Mm. Uh, you know, there was there was room for it. There wasn't a silent clock. You know, we knew we knew Jack didn't agree with what Heller was doing. Yep. Uh, so it's not something that was, you know, implausible within within the framework of the show. It's not something that was. It, it was a good. It was a surprising twist. Now I think the bigger question is with any show is not whether the twist is surprising or not. It's whether the twist is good or not. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think you know my stance on that. Um. Uh, you, yeah, you don't you don't think it was good. I'm in a little bit of wait and see, you know. I, uh, depending on how they follow through on the on this twist, maybe maybe I could be down with it. Maybe there's more to do with the Heller character, and maybe that's tied to what's going on with Boudreaux and and the Russians. Maybe it's uh, more Jack and Audrey and Heller personal stuff. You know, all of that's fine, and I, I'm always willing to see how any of this plays out. Uh, first blush, though, I don't, lo- I don't love it, and the reason I don't love it is because I feel that it undermines the greatness of the previous episode. It doesn't undermine Heller's the, the the choice that Heller, the character, made in the previous episode. That's still as noble of a choice as it gets, but it does change the way uh, I I view that episode, or at least I think I'll view that episode. And you had such a powerful emotional episode, and you know, it's about the president sacrificing himself, and then, oh, the president didn't exactly sacrifice himself uh, at, at all. He was still willing to. Good. I, I mean, sure. At the same time, I'm always going to be happy to have William Devane, especially this season on 24, so I'm glad, I'm glad about that. And I'm also glad that Heller, the character, is alive, because I like Heller, the <clears throat> character. So I feel like in the worst case scenario for me, uh, the Heller being alive twist, uh, it's neutral. In the wor- again, in the worst case scenario, uh, maybe there's something good that they they do with it. I mean, it already did produce the great comedic moment where to, uh, where Heller said to uh, Prime Minister Davies, "Oh, well, you do the same thing," and Davies just had that look. That was that was hysterical, but certainly that that isn't enough to make me say, "Oh, this is a good twist." Yeah, that's not nearly enough. Um, but that, I mean, that that was a fantastic moment, you have to say. Yeah, in the microcosm of the moment, sure. Um, I, you know, I, and I even go, I might, I, I go a little further with this. Um, and I think, it, I think it is fair to, um, to to give it a little bit of benefit of doubt. You know, we don't know how it's going to work out. Certainly, all the reasons, especially reason- with this season. You know, this season, you know, has earned the benefit of the doubt more than. Other seasons, not necessarily every season, but certainly more than other seasons. I mean, if this were season six, it would it would not be earning the benefit of. The I, d- I don't know what season you're talking about. I didn't know they had a season six anyway. But all the things that you said, you know, uh, you know, liking Devane, liking how he plays the character, um, seeing how those threads play out, great, sure, I think it's totally fair. But if I may separate it out for just a second and just say, like, let's take a look at the twist itself 
and what it you know what it meant for everything else you know i i i can't i can't say that there's anything good about it at least from how it, it how it really just undermined the previous episode um it it's too much of a i guess crime is a is a harsh way of putting it but for lack of a better word for me it's too much of one for me to you know ever think of when when you when someone brings up the twist in the future and just says what do you think about that heller twist no matter what happens after it i'm always going to have that negative reaction to it in and of itself um, right you you're talking this is a maybe it's a narrative sheet that you didn't like or maybe it's a you know you feel like they're being a little bit too jerky or coy with the audience and i get that uh, and I felt I feel a little bit jerked around by it too. Yeah, and you, you know how I generally feel about like Deus Ex Machina, and and that that's not to say necessarily that this is one of them, um, but it it, it always it, that always lurks in the background for me, and it's like, oh look, here's another last second save, and yes, it's a staple of the show. They do that a lot. Doesn't mean that I have to like it. It doesn't mean that it's something about the show that I've been okay with. I've always complained about a Deus Ex Machina whenever the show does it, and you know I complain about it here again. Um, and, and to your point about... I mean, I don't know if this was a deus ex machina, but I don't necessarily think that matters for the purposes of our discussion. It, it's a last-minute save. That's Let's put it that way. Um, but to your point about does it undermine his choice, in the microcosm of the choice itself, no, you're right. He Yes, he made the decision. Wow, yes. you're really loving the word microcosm. Well, well because it, there's, there's so twice. many different, you know pieces to this there's there's talking about things in the grand scheme of things and then there's talking about it like within itself and the choice in and of itself yes that's respectable yes it's a big decision yes it's a hard decision um and and it's impactful no matter whether or not you know he succeeds in it or not and he ended up failing in it which you know good for him he's still alive but it does lessen the uh, the weight of how to the of how that decision plays out because you know what yeah, he made the decision. It didn't come through. It didn't happen. So now we're left with just like, like, like you, like you basically said. Did he still decide to do it? Yes. Good. Um, but then what does that get you? Because it, 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 it didn't happen. Um, well, I mean, just to just to play devil's advocate for a second. Yeah. Does the fact that Mason saved Jack by being on the plane in two fifteen undermine Jack's choice and willingness to fly the plane? Does it undermine that choice? You know, I don't, my I, answer to I, that would I, be even playing the devil's advocate. I, but you answer first. You know, I gotta say, um, first, the, the immediate thing that comes to mind is the weight with which the the transfer of responsibility happened, and the fact that you mm-hmm. got to see it happen. Sure. And you're you're and, and at the end of the day, somebody died. <laughs> so at the end know, of the day, somebody died. Yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm being a, a little facetious there, but. You know, you, you saw that exchange happen. You saw Mason, you know, give that little speech and 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 really pound it into the audience, like like, hey, actually, this is a pretty stupid decision. By well, I'm again, I'm being a little exaggerating here. I'm exaggerating a little here, but you know, does maybe that's not the best decision to make. You know, maybe Jack isn't really thinking clearly, or even if he is, that's maybe that's not the best play here, especially now that you have Mason here in that situation who you know is going to croak anyway, and it makes more sense to do that. Um, and again, you saw that exchange happen. There was even more gravitas and emotion in that scene. You know that carries it on. So, so you you get that weight. You still get that emotion. You still get that payoff. Um, so I don't think that undermines that. You know, maybe if we had, maybe if there was a similar kind of transference in in, in this little storyline. Um, although I don't know how you you know how you deal with that because they both live and and you you know it happens within the span of a few seconds. Um, but you know, my my mind could be changed if they executed on that a little bit differently so you know i guess okay. the the, the lo- that's a long answer to saying no it does not undermine jack's decision in season two yeah i mean for me it doesn't and the reason why it doesn't is simply that the context of jack's decision in season two is that jack was on a suicide attempt right so sure uh not i mean th- that's it for me but i mean i was just playing devil's advocate yeah so when you go back so last week when we saw we both saw nine eight we had high praise for it. Mm-hmm. I was saying I thought it would probably be one of the 24 best episodes of the show. You were saying really good things about it. In and of itself, that episode doesn't change. No. All right. What you're, but clearly your opinion of it might change. 
No, maybe the construction of it doesn't change at all either. Right. The the performance doesn't change. But so now you go back and nine. I say season nine, episode eight, or day nine, episode eight. What do you think about that episode? I I think my critique of the episode does not change one bit. Um, what changes is simply my experience of it, and it, it it's really tricky when you get into this because um. You know, by by the nature of television and the availability of the episodes, you're going to re-experience these story beats again and again if you're a right, fan I of mean... them and if you like them. But taken as simply a piece of art to be consumed from beginning to end, you know, once you see episode eight, you've seen it. So I don't think it's necessarily fair to go back and change the critique of it. And, and to change it based on, well, when I watch it again, I'm going to feel this way. I think that, I think that critique should be levied against the episode that, that, that causes that change, in this case. That or, be- levied against, or levied against the season. Because you're saying that, you know, it's not like they wrote this episode, said, oh, that was cool, and then wrote the next episode and said, oh, let's do this instead. I mean, clearly there was a plan here. Sure. Right, right. Um, but... You know, I, I don't think it changes my critique of that. And and again, I think I think the short answer is just like I I, I won't have the same level of uh, of involvement. What's the what's a good word for it? Uh, 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 involvement, I guess, uh, is all I can think of right now. Uh, in it, the next time I see it, that doesn't make it any worse of an episode. Um, it's just simply like one's own reaction to it. And and hey, I'll, I'll tell you this much: had someone spoiled for me that oh, I heard he's actually not like I heard that you know. Uh, James Heller's performance in episode 9 is, is spectacular, and then I were to go, well, hold on, shit, I didn't see episode 8 yet. So, like, now that I'm watching this and he's gonna die, well, actually, I know that he's not gonna die, so perhaps if I had been spoiled, that would change my critique of it, but that's by way of having inappropriately watched the show, because you're supposed to watch these shows without knowing these things going in. So is that gonna be a fair assessment? Who knows? I wouldn't say it is. Um, mm-hmm. What about okay. what about you? Like, are, does does that affect your critique at all? I I, I guess I, I'm guessing I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm curious. What do you think my answer is going to? No, be? it does not affect it. Uh actually does affect. <gasps> Shockers! It More shocking than it, Heller being alive. Uh, it does not affect what I think. It does not affect what I think of the episode from a construction standpoint, mm-hmm. nor nor a performance standpoint. That episode is still directed exquisitely constructed perfectly i mean i mean it's a it's a great episode of 24 nothing will change that for me but it does change how i view that episode because that was a grand scheme episode Mm -hmm. okay and now in the grand scheme of things this episode has changed it's no longer heller's sacrifice it's the heller fake out sacrifice or what again we can go back and forth on yep. different terms, but that's what it is for me. So that's kind of my that that's my my take on it. It's not as it's not as monumental of an episode because the monumental event that you thought happened in that episode didn't happen. Right. So in a sense, uh, just to go a little bit meta. Uh, whatever happened here didn't actually happen. We're not ending the episode yet, people. Don't worry. Don't shut it off. Sorry. Okay. No, no. We're, we're, <laughs> we're not ending it yet at all. But you know, so that that's really my my issue my issue with it. And do I like that this was ta- that it was taken that the Heller sacrifice was taken away from me? Uh, and I don't know. I, I go I go back and forth a little bit on it. I, I real I really do. I see the value in the twist. Uh, I like that. I, I like that Devane is is still around. Uh, I think that I give the writers the benefit of the doubt because they've done such a good job. And I give and I also say, hey, they've really planned this season out. So you know maybe there was a point to doing that and the fake ad. And I still think they got okay great mileage okay out of that episode sure i just don't think it's as it's just not as profound an episode as (laughs) yeah uh as it is after i mean that that's what you that's the way it is you know let's just compare it to the uh tony dies or doesn't die episode 
which you mentioned earlier in the podcast, for for you that episode loses some of its some of it, its great. It loses some of its for, luster. Uh, I, I, you right. know, I'll say the same thing. I don't I don't critique it differently. It's just as I watch it, knowing what happens, you know, that's when it loses it for me. But you know, if if someone were to say, "Hey, is this a shit episode or is this a great episode?" I'd be like, "It's a great episode," you know. Sure. Uh, you know, for for me, that episode actually uh, it gains uh, it gains in my eyes because of what happened after, and I, I see I see both sides of it. This is an episode that loses, be, at least for now, because the greatness of that episode was the sacrifice, and that's lost here. It, uh, and I will now, say now if they pay it off for something better, sure. great. I mean, I think. I guess you'd make the argument, I mean, and this is comparing one moment to one season, but you'd make the argument that season seven is better, or at least because it's there's so much of it, is better than the moment where Tony dies or doesn't die in season five, episode 13. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll also say for the record that, you know, I, I view that Tony twist uh, less negatively than I do this one, partially because it's... For this one, it, it, it kind of happens right after, and I don't know why that should or or how it should, you know, make a difference. But it just it, it just feels like it does, you know. Well, the the this thing is is because it takes the air out of the balloon of of last week's episode, right? And, and almost oh, immediately, uh, in in TV terms. Uh, and the other thing is, I think that as much of an issue as I have with Zombie Tony, the fact that, and I think I think you already alluded to this, and uh, the fact uh, of understanding what's changed about him and what that so-called death really means. Like, if if you want to get like like all frou frou about it, you can you could consider it in that Tony did die in a way. I'm not going to go that far. That, well, but that's, like, that's but like, I think I, I think like that's it. an appropriate you know uh, uh, turn of phrase for that. You know. Right, which is, which is pretty much why I, I like it. Yeah, and I can understand that. Like, it, it doesn't change how I feel about it, but I totally understand. Um, you know, he, he he totally turns a corner. He he's almost heel now, and it, it's it, it's completely different. Devane Part is Devane. Tony died that day. Yeah, Devane mm-hmm. is Devane. He, he he still has his baseball cap. He still has got his glasses. Um, he smiled at Madonna references. He's he is who he is. You know. It, what what do you what do you think uh, President Heller's favorite Madonna song would be? Uh, I am not the right person to ask about Madonna songs. You know that. Uh, uh, I think that's your question to answer. Well, don't ask me because I don't have a good answer. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I don't. Let me get back to you on this. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh God. I, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> great. That's I, why I, I asked you. Yeah. Great. Thanks for that. Um. I mean, I'll tell you what I think. All right. Uh, Belichick's favorite Madonna song is right now. It's got to be Gangbang, okay? <laughs> uh-huh. Because that should that that song is just total, all right, total violence and everything. And I think Belichick is all about, all violence. Oh look, we got some delicious violence um, with Jack. <laughs> with um, Jack basically, we, we, um, we did. Jack Jack's murdered. Jack has murdered somebody else. Oh my God! It's, it's just like a like a toss. One one right. one fish, two fish. First goes Ian, then goes Margot. I, 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 let me tell you, as as kind of, and I'm not saying that it's actually unfeasible or unbelievable for him to have thrown her out the window like that, but it it, it was almost a little too ragdollish. I I don't care. I loved it. Oh, I don't think it was too ragdollish. I I, I loved it, and I love the com the complexity of it. Uh, I mean, this was wait the throw or the moment surrounding the throw. N- no, the 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 moment. Okay, because I was gonna say that throw was a. Pretty simple the, ass the, throw. The moral complexity of it. Uh, out the window, down, down, out the window, down to the concrete. Brains on the floor. That's it. <laughs> but yes, that there is a little complexity to the actual moment. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty terrific, Jack uh, doing that. And you know, do we do we want to talk about the moment itself, or let's talk about the moment itself? Yeah, yeah. I think we'll it's worth it's, it's worth game. talking about. Gr- Great action sequence with Jack first going into the building while Kate and Ritter on the outside, and then Jack can't get in, so he starts raffling down the building, and then Kate and Ritter, you know, finally, you know, you know, penetrate through the building, and you know, Ian Ian warns Mummy, and Mummy has one more great moment where, oh look, she's gonna kill another of her kids. Okay, Um, classic twenty-four edge of your seat, like nail biting moment, very well crafted. Yeah, well, uh, well makes up for uh, the shitty 
uh, uh, stupid uh, uh, raid on that the, the his weapons dealer who died by his own hand with a grenade. Like the the underwhelming action sequence there totally makes up for that. Um, and uh, is this the first time that we've seen Jack Bauer rappel down the side of a building, or no? I feel like he may have done this once before. Uh. I'm not thinking he's done this once before. He did run after the helicopter, which had the ladder dangling from it in uh, the season six finale. Ah. Uh, I, I don't know if you're you're thinking of that. Uh, I think this is the, the first time that's happened. Yeah. Um, th- that's just, yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah. The the weighty moment in there, uh, aside from the action, I think... Uh, and and this is something that you stress as an important moment, and and I agree. Is when he, you know, when she says something about, I can't remember what her line is, but he just responds simply, "The only death, you know, I'm gonna have on my conscience is yours." And I thought that was a snide remark. I just thought it was him just being like, "By Jack." Oh, it was a snide. No, 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 but 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 so so hear me out. I, I thought he was just being like, "Yeah, well, I got you by the balls now, uh, you know." So so whatever, and he just says that snarky remark but then he actually goes and does it and he just tosses her like a duffel bag and it's great it's just great <laughs> and she lands right next to ian yeah, it was great and and her face i mean i, I mean i think it was a, definitely a snide remark for I, sure yeah no what i what i meant was that it just it, it just began and ended as a snide remark and nothing else but he took that remark and turned it into action like he he, he made good on that uh remark uh, and that that you know, it's not out of character for him to do something like that. Not anymore, at least. But I was not yeah. expecting that. And I think my face probably looked like hers. Oh, I wasn't expecting it at all. I th- I mean, that was a great... It was a, sh- it was a shocking moment. It was a fun moment. It was a dark moment. It was a, a morally complex moment. I mean, Jack even has a look of, wow, what the hell did I just do right after it? And this- like, like that, he, that he couldn't believe he went that dark. And I think there's a, a subtext developing throughout this season or i'm starting to notice a subtext throughout the season of wake the bitch up this stuff wake the bitch up exactly well i mean clearly jack has a hatred for uh terrorists or at least the al-harazi family um but i feel like there's a certain amount of uh barbarity to jack bauer and it's how much can he live in the normal world anymore is it is what happened at the end of season eight and whatever in the four years between day eight and day nine? What has that, that done to him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can Jack actually go back to the U.S. Pardon or not pardon? Russians or not Russians? Yeah. And ju- just just chill out. Um, can Jack go and work for you know somebody again? A, a I mean, normal any- organization, like. And when I say normal, I just mean. You know, like I'm even considering something like a CT or an FBI normal. It, it, it's it's a you know a by the book organization, and we know his history, and now we know what he's turning into right now. Or maybe we don't know, but we can see something happening. Um, I, I also think there was a little bit of dark comedy in that moment. Just the uh, and maybe that's where I where I attribute the ragdollness to it. But it, it's like it's subtle because you're caught up in the moment. But I found it funny in addition to everything else, and that's probably why I like it even even more. Yeah, I think that's it's it's certainly uh, <laughs> it, 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 the show certainly opened itself up for that type of reading of it uh, with okay, this is a comedy moment or it's a greatest hits moment, and it could be I mean, unintentional comedy, but I I knew that inside I laughed and enjoyed it. Um, accompanied by a text message from Melanie, he fucking threw her out the window with a capital F, <laughs> like the the F was capital in her text, and that 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 sealed the deal for me. Um. And how fitting that she landed next to Ian. <laughs> yeah, that was it. She she landed next to her favorite her favorite child because you know Simone's not her favorite child. <laughs> At least not anymore. Um, not not anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, I again that that was that was a great moment. That was uh, I mean, if you asked me where I'd put that, if I'd end up, you know, putting that somewhere in my all time great twenty four moments list, it would make it. I don't know where. It doesn't matter where. But uh, th- that was that was a classic 24 moment. It was a great moment for Jack Bauer. Uh, and I, I don't know. It was I like the complexity of it. Jack, Jack's just murdered somebody. Now, here's a question and for potentially you. pardoned for it. He's potentially pardoned for it. Right. OK, so that's good because <laughs> um, we, we don't want Jack Bauer to to go to jail. Uh, is anyone actually going to investigate it? Uh, tell me how you remember that scene. 
Did she have handcuffs on or not? Uh, I don't. No, I don't think so. I think he was just grabbing her. I don't know that he had handcuffs on him. Um, although why wouldn't he? Yeah, I I, I don't think she, I don't think she did. Um. Yeah, I gotta go back and watch that. Some people said yes. Some said no. I thought he basically um, had her in like a full Nelson or a half Nelson or something because he kind of had her, you know, pushed off, you know, pushed against the yeah. uh, the uh, the desk or whatever. And by the way, that was also really good with him getting the last drone. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and shoving it into the Thames. Uh, at least I think it was the Thames River. Uh, so that was that was really good. Um, but you know, Jack, I, I thought that, that was a great Jack Bauer line. We have to talk about this. We, we, the dialogue actually goes like, "Fine, you stop me here, but all the you know we killed other people. All these lives are on on your head." And then he said to her. Uh, the only death I want on, on my hands or uh, the death on my head is yours. And That's then, right, right. then he tossed her right out, out the window. Where would you rank that line in the all-time Jack Bauer lines? Uh, you know, I actually wouldn't rank it that high, not because I didn't like it and not because I didn't think it was a, a very good line, um, but ju- ju- I, I guess maybe just because it wasn't as, uh, it, it, it wasn't as punchy by way of um by way of you know the 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 only death i want on my head is yours is a, is a, is sort of longish sounding i'm i'm really picking nits here because so many of his lines you know in those types of moments are 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 great just like so many of those moments are just great in and of itself so now you're basically arguing what's the best of the best but so right yeah, so i put it around in the middle the, you you impress the moment onto the line which is fine uh you know and it's and sometimes there's a great line which has nothing to do really with the moment. And sometimes, oh, you, you're just riding the high of that moment, you know, and then that makes that line even better. And maybe that's what happened to me. And, you know, I mean, the best Jack Bauer line is I'm going to need a hacksaw for me. And, uh, you know, be, because of what happens right before and then in the subsequent episode, you know, that line becomes all the more uh, right. iconic. Uh- Another nitpick that I that I need to get clarified. Uh, I need your help here because your memory is far better than mine. Is it the only death I want on my head is yours, or is it the only death I'll have on my head is yours? Um, not that that changes a lot, but I it does it change a little death, bit. I thought it was the only death on my head. On my head is yours, but um, maybe maybe not. I mean, that's uh, it. Could, it could go either way. At the moment, nobody actually questions um, that, that Jack did what he did. Sure, sure. I know this sounds really ridiculous, but I do think that if I think that one little tweak maybe improves the line a bit for me a little bit. I don't know. I, all I can say is it just feels better. But again, yeah, I, it, I, I like the line a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought that was good. I thought that was better than go be with your um, go be with your brother. I thought that was uh, better than. Uh, the only way you're gonna die today is if I kill you. Uh, I thought that was good. Uh, we'll make sure he doesn't turn the gun on himself. Yeah. Jack said that to me in season two. Was was a really good one. Uh, you know, a lo- lot of really good ones. The only reason why they you're do- still bre- the only reason why you're still awake is because I don't want to carry you. That was a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also had another good one in the uh, in the Rossler episode. Uh, oh yeah, that piece of crap. It's some something with Rossler saying you're you're going to hell, or I don't know, so, some line like that. Um, I don't actually recall what line it was specifically, but um, yeah. What was the context of that one? Was was Rossler already? Rossler, Rossler was about to be tortured, or some something. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I I don't remember the line, but I know exactly what you're talking about now. That that was that was perhaps the positive moment in that otherwise dreary episode. <laughs> yes. Um and, and this episode definitely this current episode definitely took the dreary out in, in, in some other respects. Uh like you said, highs and lows. Um mm-hmm. so what's your take on this whole Navarro thing? Alright, so this is this is where uh the story is going. Um you know, twenty four is just um uh, by the way the the line I just checked it out very quickly on Hulu. I'm reading the subtitles. And it's the only um, the only death on my head tonight is yours. Okay, yeah, I, I do like um, that so better. It w- yes, it, it it was it was a the the line had 
was tighter than you know you, you remembered. Actually, I like that a lot better. I think that I again, I'm putting it at number two behind. I'm going to need a hacksaw um, for Jack Bauer lines. So you know, 24 is now done. It's classic. Okay, we're switching gears thing here, um, and you know, find the device that Yates had at the beginning of the season that eventually went to Margo. You know, became a MacGuffin and. Cross wants it, and he's asking Steve Navarro to provide it uh, in exchange for Navarro being um, aided in escaping the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was suspense in Navarro choking out the techie and going on the run and trying to meet up with Cross. Yeah, I'm the execution that, of that was was fun. Yeah, I'm skeptical that they pay this off, uh, and we'll, they'll make it as interesting and as thrilling as the first you know eight and a half episodes were and i also think the first eight and a half episodes felt a little bit fresh well you know as fresh as a show 200 plus episodes in gets uh i don't know how fresh this feels now so i'm I'm skeptical about them pulling it off uh i wonder exactly how much the show needs it now here's what it's really going to come down to um and it's going to come down to motivation. Sure. What exactly is Navarro doing? Why was he selling? Uh, why was he framing Kate's husband and giving information to the Chinese? And what is Cross doing? Cross seems like he's a middleman, but maybe Cross is working for someone, or maybe Cross is just going to end up being the final big bad, and they're going to turn it back into oh, Cross is an evil man, and that's going to be their commentary. Um, you know that. These WikiLeaks people are just as evil as the Margot Alharazis of the world. And if they want to make that statement, fine. Okay, I'm cool with it. So it's going to come down to the motivation of those two characters and I guess the how much sense it makes for them to be in league with one another. Yeah. Um, what I do like about it is after two episodes in a row of being on the back burner a little bit, Chloe. Um, Chloe and Kate Morgan are going to come back into the story. Kate's probably going to be, you know, the number one person at the CIA, or she's going to be in a thing, a situation where she doesn't believe what Jack is saying. Um, and now Kate's going to be reconciling what goes on, what's happened with her husband. And I think that's going to be some really interesting stuff. And maybe we'll get a good scene with Kate and Navarro. Yeah. Uh, and but- also, I like that it's bringing Chloe back into the story. And we're returning to the conflict between Jack, Jack and, and Chloe, Chloe that opened the season, as well as, you know, this maybe where a battle is being waged, you know, for Chloe's loyalties or well-being of sorts along with her loyalties and and i think i think one comment that i made uh yesterday or the day before was just the idea that it could come down not like not like a showdown showdown but a showdown of sorts between jack and chloe and and you know the the last time we saw something like that was in a very different context but still from a tension standpoint and from a dramatic standpoint was you know was the last episode of season eight where Jack is yes. asking her to, sh- you know, that 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 scene uh, was such a great scene. And, and the idea of, you know, maybe not that exact type of choreography or execution, but the idea of them really at odds with one another in their goals and what they want to accomplish um, is a very is a delicious idea for me. I don't know that right now I like what I'm seeing. I couldn't I can't put my finger on it as, as eloquently as you can. It's just, it just feels a little uncertain and i think you used the word skeptical earlier this episode and and uh, you know i would agree with that as well it's like you know where, where are they really going with this and and it's it's less of a huh i wonder where we're going with this and more of a Ugh. but like you said right. I'll, I'll have to let it play out you know i don't right. want to be unfair. Un- uncertain and skeptical or maybe even worried are not necessarily bad things they're just reactions that we're having at the moment and you know if they pay it off huge in the next episode or if this ends up being more minor than we thought so be it. So you always just have to let the drama and the story unfold before you, you know, judge. You know, judge it. I think judging it now would be way too uh, preliminary. Um, well, sorry, not preliminary. Way too premature. Sure. It it doesn't uh, change the reaction though at the at the time. It, it, no, it's, it doesn't. It it's doesn't kind of the op- reaction. Yeah. Yeah. It's not to say it's the opposite of how yeah. you know you felt last week and how you felt at the beginning of this week. Yeah. You know. So- um, and, I, I was you know, very maybe, skeeved out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and maybe this, you know, Jack's gonna 
go go rogue a little bit again, and we're going to get a little bit more of Jack and my new favorite character, the Serbian, Belchek. Madonna. Okay? Uh, it, you know what? It's just going to be like Jack and Belchek st- you know, storming Adrian Cross while, while Belchek's whistling Ray of Light or something. <laughs> okay? Um, that's, that's what it's going to be. And Audrey, okay, she's, you know... She's basically pining more for Jack, and Audrey's going to be playing the Madonna song, Something to Remember, while she's holed up in the room. And There um, he goes, there he goes, there yeah, he goes. Yeah, that, well, I mean, songs. when, you know, when if Audrey thought Heller was dead, you know, she would have played any number of the Madonna songs about dead parents. Um, but now she's going to be playing Something to Remember, because really, we, we didn't talk about it at all um, so far on the podcast. If Audrey's at all debating leaving Mark or going back with Jack, Jack did a lot of good things in this episode. He saved the day. He brought her father back. And Mark kind of still just looks shifty. So, um, yeah. you know, in, in the Mark versus Jack uh, contest for Audrey's heart, uh, you know, th- things are coming up Jack Bauer right now. So Audrey's playing something to remember. I, I will say at the begin at the outset of the season, I uh, I can't remember if I made the comment on the podcast or not, or if it was just to you in person. I I don't I don't know that I want Jack and Audrey to reunite. Not because you've it's made not, the comment on the podcast. Okay, not because it's not a nice thing to have, and not because I don't want Jack or Audrey to to to, to be happy. But I I don't I don't know. I guess I guess I've been conditioned to to relish the show more when not everything ends up right and not everything ends up happy uh, um, and maybe they're due for a happy ending maybe they are sure, maybe I, I, I just don't know that i want to see it and i think we should probably table that one at least yeah. until the 10th episode is over and more than probably until the 11th episode yeah. is over and then certainly we can talk about what yeah. what we felt about the ending after the season finale of course um the reason the reason though why i bring it up is just because it 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 paints what you see for me, it paints what I saw in this episode in a different light than perhaps, you know, it was meant to be seen. And that that's why I bring it up for my own personal reasons. It's just that as, as I'm watching those scenes, which are very good otherwise, objectively speaking, they're very good. I, I You know, I, I have this sense of uh, foreboding in the back of my head that, you know, hopefully maybe that doesn't pan out. But um, but it but it did it did have an effect on my viewing. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, all, all that's fair. I, you know, it will be hard to, say, put those two characters back together, considering the 24-hour conceit of the show. Sure. But beyond, beyond that, I mean, I have to imagine that, you know, after four years off, uh, 24 came back and 24 brought Audrey back because she's part of the end game in some way of, of this season. That doesn't mean she has to get back together with Jack. Right. She's part I mean, of. She, she's she part could be of another. The... She could be a fucking terrorist. She could die. She could uh, get. But back she's together. an. Impo- she's a crucial part of the arc, yeah. which which I'm totally fine with. Right. And I and I think that if you know, interestingly, Jack's Jack had the big scene with Audrey in episode five, but after that, it's really been a lot of Jack and Heller, and I think that stuff's been great. But if Twenty Four is going to bring Audrey back, they they there needs to be big stuff happening with Jack and Audrey. And I hope we'll get that sometime in the last three episodes. Uh, I, I don't necessarily need it to be happy, sad, positive, or negative. It just needs to be there. Because yeah. that that runs with the story that they've been telling for a number of years. Yeah. It, it just it needs to pay off, good or bad. Yeah, it, it needs to pay off. You can't just bring... You can't bring Audrey back and have her have one scene. And she's like, "Well, Jack, I'm gonna go home now." With, with Jack Bauer, uh, it, it's just it, that's just not satisfying. You could bring Nadia Yasir back and have her have zero scenes with Jack Bauer, um, <laughs> and it's just, "Oh, hey, Nadia's on it. She got another job somewhere. Okay, that's kind of cool." Um, but you can't bring. She's the cashier back. at KFC. I think Nadia Yassir deserves better than that. <laughs> she does. I'm just saying if they brought her back to do something stupid like that. Um, Look, if they're ever going to bring one character back for one stupid scene, you know. All right? It has to be Baruz, and he walks out of a coffee shop, <sighs> and we know Baruz is okay. Walks out of a coffee shop. I don't care. <laughs> all right? Dude, if you're going to bring one random character back for a random scene, you bring back Baruz. Baruz! Um, yeah, you know, since we're talking a little bit about r- romance, 
the we got confirmation about Kobe and Adrian Cross, and that felt icky because as it was, Cross I'm is, sure it was supposed to, but it doesn't make right. you feel more comfortable. Cross has always felt something like a cult leader who preys on uh, on the weak, and that's what he did here. He just looks so, like I a mean, pedophile. We, we, we think I don't know. Cross looks like a pedophile. He, he looks like a skeevy cult leader, and that's, who could that's be a what, pedophile? He could be a pedophile. This looks like one. Um, it disturbs me. He's very skinny jeans. Very skinny man. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he could be a pedophile. Uh, if Cross um, if Cross was a pedophile, all right, what would his favorite Madonna song be? Uh, again, these easy. are questions that you, that no, it's, it's, you it's should a, be it's a, it's a It's a B-side Madonna song. If Cross were a pedophile, his favorite Madonna song would be Little Girl. Oh, there you go. Um... So uh, that's something that I think they need. They they really need to pay off in in. Uh, maybe it's not a okay. So I understand that maybe it's not important enough to to be really concerned about how they pay that off. But I I also just feel like you know why throw that in there if you're not going to pay it off? Because I think characterization. That they, uh, sure, but then they have to pay that characterization off, and I think that they could they don't need to have the romantic element i feel for us to understand that there's a very close bond between uh cross and chloe because of that's a good point the period of life that chloe was in and you know you don't need to have romance to 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 show that someone had a a a savior impact on your life when you're when you're in the shitter and someone drags you out of it it's not always out of romance sometimes it just is you know and and this is a very you know before we started debating, oh, are they, you know, involved in some creepy stuff? Um, you know, that's what I took going into this season of, like, he was there for her, and he, you know, he gave her a cause, uh, a purpose. Uh, he, he brought her into, now it's a cult, but he, he, he gave her a family with those other geeks, you know? And, and you didn't necessarily need the romance, and, and it... It remains to be seen whether or not I'm going to come out of the season feeling like they just threw it in or whether they're going to use it to a very specific advantage from a storytelling standpoint. And I fully, uh, you know, I fully leave up with the possibility that it'll it'll be a great thing if, to, to pay off um, or I, I should say it, it'll be paid off great. But again, for the time being, there is that skepticism. There is that uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. Also, other odds and ends. Uh, Jordan Reed is dead. Yeah. Mm, sorry for the kid. Okay. I mean, I, I, I guess they they potentially needed this to happen to make it that much more difficult for Navarro to be outed. Um, but that goes right back into the whole Navarro storyline. Is that going to pay off? Um, yeah, I think that kind of, I think it gave Jordan a, a decent arc. I mean, he was a minor character. I know he was quoted. Um, I, I know he was credited as a main cast member, which is fine. He was, I think, in every episode. Uh, so far, but I mean, he was a minor character. Yeah, th- yeah. Th- don't mistake my my sympathy for him for for like, oh, he's so important. But you know, yeah, I felt bad for the kid. <laughs> he just got dragged right. into it. Um, um. So yeah. So this episode said Heller's alive. Jordan is dead. Killed off Margot. Uh. Set up Cross and Navarro. Uh. For the big finish, we think kind of has the thing. With the forged rendition paper. Yeah, they, they keep that in there. At least they're keeping that's, it alive. That's lurking. Yeah, that's lurking in the background. I mean, I have to think, considering how everything in you know in this show in this season has had the feeling of something that was planned. Mm-hmm. And you know, things like Cross and Navarro were introduced in the very first episode, and some of those conflicts were introduced early on. That they've had a plan for this all along. And, uh, you know, again, that's one positive with Heller still being alive. What's going to happen with the rendition sure. form? Um, you know, so we have that. And uh, but it's the end of Margot Helarazi's reign. So uh, you and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, terrorists in the history of 24. And, you know, if you ask me where Margot ranked at the end of last week, it would probably be higher. Now, I'm not talking about in terms of villains or characters, just in terms of terrorists, because, you know, she would have succeeded at, you know, killing, you know, killing the president. Uh, now it's it's less so. But nevertheless, because uh, I think we've discussed how good or not of a villain Margot has been. And I've liked her a lot as a villain. You've had issues with her storyline, but I and maybe how that made the villain seem. But how would you rank, how would you rank her as a uh, terrorist? 
uh, I, am I being constrained to criteria befitting of a terrorist and an evil person? You're, you're... Or, or just as she's a bad guy, she's a terrorist, and as a character, how did I like her? As a character, excuse me? How did, I, how did I like her? I'm, well, I'm trying to ask how was she as a bad guy, how success, in a sense, how successful of a bad guy was she, um, and where that ranks versus other ones. We can talk about where she ranks versus other villains if you want as well. Because, I mean, I, I think that ends up being a very factual and by-the-numbers discussion. You know, either she did it or she didn't. You know, Stephen Saunders landed the first hit in 24 history, and, and, and by criteria, that, that makes him one And it was a top. big hit. Right, and it was a big hit. Um, Many people, of course, he had a breaking point. Uh, Marwan didn't have a breaking point and was quite successful, more or less killed the president, uh, did kidnap the Secretary of Defense, crashed the Internet, bombed the train, shot down Air Force One, unsuccessfully launched a missile, uh, and melted down a nuclear power plant, which killed a bunch of people, including Edgar's mother. Obviously, if you're going on the sheer numbers, the most successful terrorist in history is Abu Fayed. I mean, he blew up Valencia. Yeah. Um, so there's that, of course, you know, Alan Wilson probably got away with everything. So he gets points for that. Uh, you know, uh, Bierko, boring, you know, he succeeded a little bit here or there. But hey, Margo blew up a hospital. That's, that's, Margo not, blew up a that's hospital. not peanuts. Margo did not kill the soldiers back in episode one. That was technically Yates testing something out. Um, yeah. I mean, Margo, in, in a chess match, Margo defeated Heller. The only problem is Jack jumped in on the chess match. Yeah. Um, you know who actually was quite a successful terrorist? Was Samir Mehran. Yes, that is true. Um, you know, this peace will die with you. And he got, he killed Hassan. He did not stop the peace treaty exactly because it still went on. Um, it stopped because of other reasons. Right. But but indirectly he was still right, <laughs> sort of. Ind indirectly he was right. Samir Moran, he's up there. What's I what's... mean? It might be it might be Fayed, Saunders, Marwan, and Samir Mehran. What's Syed Ali's uh, body count? <laughs> it's minimal because the bomb was stopped. I mean, he killed a couple of people here or there. Did but... he? Was he successful in doing other things before? No, right? Because the first big hit was Saunders, I think, right? Yes, the, the terrorist on the terrorist one really in any way was, um, you know, was Saunders. So, um, you know, and I guess we're not considering any of the American conspirators or even Alan Wilson for that matter to be terrorists. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so Margo as a character, what would you say? I, I mean, uh, there, there were certainly, I, I certainly warmed up to her near the near the most recent episodes just because of the complexity that she showed. Mm -hmm. But still, for the majority of the show, you know, uh, for or at least for the majority of her run, you know, I could go either way on it. Uh, she was fine. That's 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 the best I could say. Uh, I was n I personally, you know, found myself somehow not intimidated by her, even though the pinky slash was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I I don't know what it is. I, I I really couldn't tell you. I just yeah, you didn't... didn't you didn't love parts of her story as you were verbal about um, right. and vocal about throughout the entire season. I thought she was a fun character and, and felt different than past twenty four villains, partially because she was a woman. I thought Michelle fairly played the role great. Yeah, I yeah, think I was... she was creepy. I thought she was intimidating. I thought she seemed intelligent. Uh, I I I I thought that. You know, there were certain things about the character, like let let them see, let the world see that a terrorist can be honest. That um, that, that is what that that that's what I was alluding to when I said in the recent episodes I was warming up there. I like that complexity. I did appreciate right. that. Right, I, I really like sure. that, and that's that's actually probably another reason um, why I come to think of it, I I'm a little underwhelmed by the Heller being alive, just because it brought in the Mar. You know, oh, Margot didn't have to renege on on her deal right or ian didn't have to go against her and it was just like okay we're back to stopping a threat yeah. and that was a lot of fun um although the episode still could have gone down the exact same way even if heller died right. but i guess we're just gonna have to wait and see on heller um you know we're gonna have to wait and see on cross and navarro we're still waiting on this time jump uh we're still waiting what on... if it happens mid-episode <laughs> i'm fine with that I'm totally fine. I think that would fine be fun. With that. I, that I would almost be think fun. that would be more surprising than anything because 
you know, it's either going to be, you know, episode ends, maybe there's a cliffhanger, and then you kind of know we're going, we're doing a time jump, or the next episode starts, and it says the following takes place. Place between, between 10, 10 p.m. and, and 7 yeah. a.m. or something, like whatever the time jump is, just like, wait, what? What, what, what? Whatever it is. Um, but, I mean, how crazy would it be if something happened in the middle of the of the episode, it was like, you're like, oh, choo-choo. Two, 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 two. Doesn't and it comes back. The following takes place between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. Or oh, if they just, yeah. That would, or yeah, 2 a.m. and 2.17 a.m. I'm, I'm up for them doing something different. They should go um, back I've, in time. I've always been up for that um, since I, I heard heard about this, and I'm still kind of curious about it. I, they go in reverse. It's just been a big, it's just been a big curiosity for me um, and a big question mark. And still waiting to see how how they do it. But build a time machine and go to five hours ago. You could you could do that. No, you couldn't. I hope they don't. (laughs) And um, but but if we're gonna build a time (laughs) machine, you shouldn't have said that. If we're gonna build a time machine, okay, and Jack Bauer gets to go back in time to any day in twenty four. Which one? All right, two two questions. And change one thing from happening, and we're not getting into any of this time travel bullshit logic. He just changes one, one thing. thing about the series, whatever, whatever it is. Clearly, you have to account for, for any broad strokes ripple effects. Okay, so you know. What do I think he would do, or what would I okay. want him to do? What do you think he would do, and what do you want him to do? I, f- I think I... what do you think he would do might be a little bit easier. So let's go with that. Yeah, I, I, I think he would, and and this might be the naive slash easy answer um i think he goes back and 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 makes sure that terry doesn't die yeah i think that's the answer i mean i think that's always that's the root of where everything just where most things for him just kind of take a dive although there's certainly external factors that would have happened with or without her death there's a lot of a lot of the shits weighing on him even more because of her death and so he right. goes and he fixes that that's his wife it's the, it's the the woman he loves so sure. or i mean i guess a couple other things he might do he could uh always go back and make sure Audrey's okay between 5 and 6 somewhere in that grand scheme of things yeah. or he jack could actually be very uh heroic as usual and try to stop an event from happening such as the valencia bombing sure um okay now if you can change any one event in the series um you have this power um what would it be and you can't say and don't say something like oh season six because i didn't want it to happen because it's not good critically and qualitatively it's Mm. more what would you change within the story season six i didn't want that no i'm kidding um no, all kidding aside, I'm not going to levy that against season six. I mean, I, no, it, it was the basement of the series. It was still pretty good, and and you know what are you going to do about that? What and would, it had a what lot of I, great stuff in it. I mean, oh it's still yeah, had the opening four. It still had the opening four episodes. Yeah, what would I want him to change? What, you could I, change any one thing about the series with with the, in the story. Hmm. This is a tough one. It's a tough one. Because it's weighing against what I personally want versus what makes for a good show or what makes no, no, for a compelling just what you would personally story. Want. It, it's what you would personally want. It's uh, like uh, I, I I would want uh, I would want Michelle and Palmer still be alive. And, okay, that's changing two things. <laughs> well, I mean th- that's a, that's the arc, right? Like it's the the, arc. the, the I, two I, things. I, my answer the was things... going to be I want Michelle to be alive. Okay. Well, I was I, I I'm only lumping the two together because the two are associated within the same act of. Of, of villainy and purpose. If there were two separate events, I wouldn't cheat and say that. I'd go for one or the other. Um, um yes, that, 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 that's true. I mean, that sort of gets into the ripple effect thing. Yeah. So you're saying, you know. So I guess what oh. I'm really saying is I wish that, that I, I would change the way in which the bad guys did their thing in season five. I just don't know how to do that, which is why I went to the simpler answer of resurrect Palmer and Michelle. Uh, yeah, and, and Michelle's not targeted at you know, as a result. Well, I mean, Jack's just trying to stop one event from happening. Whatever. I'm saving Michelle. So, this is what this so is what I'm doing. I'm saving Michelle. Okay. I will always, always say save Michelle. Um. Jack comes to them in the vision. Don't go to the car. <laughs> whatever it is, you know, says whatever it is. Apparition, Jack. Time traveling, Jack. Okay. We we save Michelle. This is this is just. <sighs> This is just how it must be. 
Um, anyway, nine nine in the books. An up an up and down episode, but a memorable episode. Uh, and for good reasons and bad. For good for good reasons and bad. Um, Margot Al Harazi, we hardly knew you, uh, but at least we weren't your kids. Jeez, terrible mother. Yeah, she 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 was terrible. So uh, three more to go. That's not enough. Oh, that's not enough. Three more to go, man. Oh, that's painful to think about. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we opened up this podcast, or at least early on. It's full closure. Yeah. It's yeah, almost like, as if what what we talked about didn't happen. Well, it's like it's like the podcast has, has um round and round we've come full circle. Yeah. So uh, whatever happened here didn't happen. Shut it down. Belchick, just one word, like Madonna. listening to 24 casting of the day if you have questions or comments you can tweet david at deep sky 24 mdna that's the number 24 and austin at mr chupon that's m-r-c-h-u-p-o-n or you can drop us a line at our podcast page at 24ladcast.tumblr.com again that's 24ladcast.tumblr.com please keep them scoped to anything about the most recent episode to date and prior no questions or comments about reported rumors or spoilers about future episodes or even anything you saw in the promo for next week's episode we really don't like spoilers Thanks a lot. You're frozen when your heart's not open. I don't know what that means, but I'll, I'll, I'm assuming that's a lyric. It's a Madonna song.